Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well today, wherever y'all are, whatever y'all are up to. have one puppy dog so far. Uh, for those of y'all that continue to join me here for a few minutes each day, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I look forward to it. I hope that y'all do as well. And for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast with others, however you do it, whether it's word of mouth or sending something out, I'm humbled by that and I'm very grateful for it. Y'all continue to help the podcast to grow uh, week after week. And as trite or cliche as this may sound to some of you, uh, I don't do this often enough. I would be remiss. I'm very grateful to God for the opportunity to do it and the hopes that he'll help us turn this thing around and that helps our country just a little bit. We're going to go for one of our little walks. Really do not have much to report on the home front. It is just hot. It's going to take, I think, about all of my very limited experience to keep trees and grass and growing things alive this summer if we're going to keep up with these temperatures. Thank you for running water, huh, Lord? Yeah. Uh, cannot imagine having to go down to a tank or a stream every single day and get water. All right, so this podcast... I don't know if this is what this says about me, folks, good or bad. We'll see. I'll let you all figure that out. But I'm a little bit excited about it. I, I really am about most of them to one degree or another. But this one's different in, in the sense, I mean that truly. I, I have not done, I don't think I've done a podcast like this uh, in the last year plus. But, and I know this is coming. And, and I know that it's going to happen. It, it already has happened. <clears throat> When you, uh, there's no way to say this, folks. This sounds maybe ostentatious or arrogant. I don't mean it that way. But as the podcast grows, it's also, it's not going to pick up just friends. It's going to pick up enemies. And so I recently had uh, someone online, social media, that went on back and forth for a couple days just absolutely ripping uh, what I was doing, what we were doing here on the podcast. And I'm not going to read you all of the little messages they sent, A, because some of them were pretty profane, which I, I wanted to tell you this. Uh, this is a comment from my grandmother that has stuck with me for years and years. She made the comment once long ago that if you have to cuss in order to get your point across, it shows a distinct lack of intelligence. And that's saying something for me to say that, folks, coming from the Marine Corps, because uh, cussing was kind of like a second language in the Marine Corps. And, and that always kind of was in the back of my mind. And sometimes it would help and sometimes it wouldn't. But the older I've gotten, the more 
truth I've seen in that often we cuss because we can't reach for another word, a better word, which just indicates, again, lack of vocabulary, lack of intelligence, right? So I'm going to go through here and try and find, I am going to read y'all one. All right. So this, this was one of the more, uh, I don't know if G rated is the right comment, but this is one of the less profane comments I got from this particular person over a couple of days. And it said, in fact, if you actually ever read them talking about our founding documents, it's based on pagan deist beliefs, powers of the earth, of nature's God, laws of nature, all admitting a supreme being, but lean more toward paganism being a nature-based religion. So, if you listen too much today, and really if you have for the last 80 years, you would get the idea from people who are supposed to know often that we are a secular country, uh, that we are a pagan nation, and that our founders had zero intention of God the Father, Jesus Christ, having anything to do with our country. Uh, certainly did not want them in public life. And if you had to go down that route in your private life, if you were so unintelligent that you believed in God the Father and Jesus Christ, you'd really needed to keep that to yourself. If you've listened to this podcast for long enough, uh, you've got a little bit of your own toolbox. We used to call them Marine Corps. You've got enough tools in your own toolbox that quite a few of y'all could refute this pretty easily. But there's just enough truth in this particular comment when they're talking about nature's God and the laws of nature. <laughs> and that's what, and, and really, I, I, I kind of, I don't know if I want to say stalk. That's kind of a, but <laughs> I went and checked this person's social media. I have no idea who they are. I don't know if they're male or female. I don't know where they live. I, I don't know anything about them. It doesn't matter. But on their social media, they were very pro-Trump, which I thought was fascinating. Um, but I think it's important to note there that just because this is why you, you can't have loyalty to a person or a political party. There's another great quote, phenomenal quote I came across in a that Churchill biography, I believe. Uh, I mean, I can go back and find it and I'll read it at some point, but it talked about the dangers of political parties. When we give our loyalty to a particular political party or to a particular individual, that's really dangerous, folks, because then that means that what we're saying is even when that person or that party is way off base, completely wrong, even to the point of evil, we have still given our name, our good name to support that. You, and that's why you, you can't do that. You can't pick a candidate or a party and say, I'm going to support that person all the way to the hilt. You have to give yourself the moral, ethical freedom to look at that person sometimes and go, you know what? Most of the time, I really like what you do, but you're dead wrong right here. And, and you need to address that. Obviously, I love this country, but we've made some mistakes, folks. And, and we, we can't have this blind loyalty all the time to the point where we don't say, hey, you know what? 
we messed up here and we got to go back and fix this. All right. So I, I rabbit trail. I apologize. So what I wanted to do today is take this particular comment because it, it just shows how either ignorant we are as a culture, which we are, folks, truly. Uh, I learn just like y'all do almost every single podcast here, uh, which is a shame because as an adult American citizen, we should know this stuff. But there's a couple things I wanted to talk about. One is, going back to what I said earlier, the more you put the truth out there, the angrier people who don't really love this country are going to get. If their loyalty is to a particular person or a party and not to the country as a whole, right? And and even there, if their loyalty is not more to the principles of the country than just some random idea of America, or if they hate America and they want to destroy it, whether whether they admit that or not by their actions, like the left does today by their actions, right? You can see this in the Roe v. Wade decision that came out last week. How many people on the left are furious, furious, folks, literally frothing at the mouth, frothing. I don't think that's the right word, but I like it anyway, because we have turned back a decision that was completely unjustified, unconstitutional and and immoral evil to begin with saying that there's no national mandate that every single woman ought to be able to murder her own child. And, and the left is, is just rabidly angry about this. We need to let that sink in, but that's a whole other podcast. So this, this point right here, nature's God, right? This is why it's so important, important to know the truth ourselves and, and illustrates just how destructive separation of church and state has been. Because we've had decades of this separation between public life, right? Uh, particularly how destructive it's been to public education and thereby the nation, right, and our families, because we've alienated God, which is our foundation. And so we get stuff like this. So I'm going to go through and read from Blackstone, two excerpts, Patriot's Bible, phenomenal resource, folks. Here's the first one titled The Bible's Influence on the Founding Fathers. In 1984, political scientists Donald Lutz and Charles Henneman at the University of Houston wrote a paper regarding the research they had done to determine the sources that most influenced the development of American political thought during our nation's founding period. Over the course of 10 years, they analyzed some 15,000 items of American political commentary published between 1760 and 1805, the founding era. This research paper, titled The Relative Influence of European Writers on Late 18th Century American Political Thought, was published in the American Political Science Review, Volume 78, 1984, or Issue 78, 1984. The researchers isolated 3,154 direct quotes made by the founders over this period of time and identified the source of those quotes. The researchers discovered that 34% of the founders' quotes came directly out of the Bible. Baron Charles de Montesquieu, a French legal philosopher, was quoted 8.3% of the time. Sir William Blackstone, a renowned English jurist whose commentaries on the law of England were highly accepted in America, was next at 7.9% of the founders' quotes. 
and John Locke, an English philosopher, was fourth with 2.9%. Okay, so here's the deal. I'm going to quit reading that section and go to another one real quick. So, <clears throat> A, the Bible was the most sourced overwhelmingly by our founders in direct quotes. But then B, the next thing is Blackstone. And we've talked about him before, but I'm going to read a little bit more again from the Patriots Bible. Uh, editor is Dr. Richard Lee. If you get a chance, if you don't have a copy, I would order it. You can get one on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. It's a huge resource, a phenomenal resource. And this is about Blackstone. So Blackstone was Bible and then the Frenchman and then Blackstone. He was the third most quoted by our founding fathers, right? So the first paragraph of the Declaration of Independence sets the stage for the American Revolution and its absolute reliance on the laws of God. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bonds which have connected them with one another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitles them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. The laws of nature and of nature's God had been defined by historic legal writers such as Sir William Blackstone and others as the laws that God, the creator of the universe, had established for the governance of people, nations, and nature. Blackstone's commentaries on the law which had become the primary law book of the Founding Fathers, explained the laws of nature as the will of God for man, which can be ascertained by people through an examination of God's creation, the text of the Bible, and, to a certain degree, instinct or reason. So this is a comment by Blackstone about this, laws of nature. Man, considered as a creature, must necessarily be subject to the laws of his creator, for he is entirely a dependent being. And consequently, as man depends absolutely upon his maker for everything, it is necessary that he should in all points conform to his maker's will. This will of his maker is called the law of nature. This law of nature being coeval, meaning coexistent, with mankind, and dictated by God himself, is of course superior in obligation to any other. It is binding over all the globe, in all countries, and at all times. No human laws are of any validity, if contrary to this. Huge point there, folks, right? This is telling us, much like the Mayhew sermon out of the 1750s, I believe, that we have a responsibility to follow God and not any laws that are laid down by a government. He says, they're superior in obligation to any other, right? And if our reason were always clear and perfect, the task would be pleasant and easy. We should need no other guide but this, the law of nature. But every man now finds the contrary in his own experience that his reason is corrupt, and his understanding full of ignorance and error. This has given manifold occasion for the benign interposition of divine providence, which hath been pleased at sundry times and in diverse manners, to discover and enforce its laws by an immediate and direct revelation. The doctrines thus delivered we call the revealed or divine law, and they are to be found only in the Holy Scriptures. 
Upon these two foundations, the law of nature and the law of revelation, depend all human laws. That is to say, no human laws should be suffered to contradict these. So here's the point. I got hammered last week, which is fine. It's going to happen more and more, folks. And it'll happen to y'all, too, the more you talk to people. If I have a chance, I'm going to read a couple Bible verses that talk specifically about this, at least in my mind, as I read it this morning. The point is, we're going to get hammered for the truth because there's a lot of people out there that don't like the truth or don't even know it. And they don't like what they think the truth, what what we're saying is, right? So we've got to know this stuff so that, for example, when somebody comes at you, like last week, about nature's God and laws of nature and quotes things like that, you know enough to go, hey, yeah, you're right. Laws of nature and of nature's God. You know what? A, the founders quoted the Bible most, just as a side note. B, Blackstone, this guy, this English guy that was the third most used by our founders in direct quotes, he explained to us what laws of nature and of nature's God was. That's God's will for mankind, for creation. And you know what? The only source, he said, they could only be found as revealed or divine law only in the Holy Scriptures, the Bible. So, yeah, spot on. You got part of it right, but not the other part. We were founded as a Christian nation, not a theocracy, folks, because that was one of the other things this this person hit me on. We're not a theocracy. We've never been a theocracy. We've never had priests in charge. That's not what being a Christian republic means. Being a Christian republic means that our founding principles are based on the teachings of Christ. It doesn't even force citizens, as I've said so often, to be Christians. But our founders knew that the flip side of that coin was, for the millionth time, If we don't follow the principles of Christ, we can't have this republic, this freedom and liberty, because freedom is only where the spirit of the Lord is. And they knew that. So I think I've got just a couple minutes, right? Yeah. So let me read through this. I I stumbled across this just today, and, and it fit with this. This is out of Luke chapter 12, and this is verses 48 through 53. But he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes shall well, that, that's irrelevant. The second part of 48, I apologize. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. This is Jesus talking here. I came to send fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how distressed I am till it is accomplished. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? I tell you, not at all, but rather division. From now on, five and one house will be divided, three against two and two against three. Father will be divided against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. So he's talking, obviously, specifically about faith in him. Right. And those who believe versus those who don't, at least that's the way I read that, folks. If you all read that differently, that's fine. The reason I read it today is because I feel like it's so applicable to where we are as a nation. The more we speak the truth, the angrier people are going to get. And it's going to divide us just like it divided our country during the Revolutionary War, just like it divided our country during the Civil War. It's going to divide us now because you can't have truth and a lie coexist equally at the same time. One or the other is going to have to win out. In the end, truth always wins out. But there are time periods when lie may win out for a while. Stalin's Russia, communist China, Nazi Germany, those are all pretty good recent examples within the last hundred years or so. 
The point is, the more that we talk about the truth of how this country is founded, the angrier some people are going to get. And you're going to get a lot of support, too. You're going to have people that are so glad just to hear somebody telling the truth that they're going to support you. But but know that. And then the, the first verse there I read, because I think this, this hammered me personally, folks. If you've been given a lot, if you're intelligent, uh, made some good decisions about work, whether it's college or not, uh, have some financial capabilities, you're athletically inclined, you know, like if you if you have all these blessings, folks, that God has given you, guess what? That doesn't mean you get to sit back and enjoy that more while everybody else has to bust their rear end to get there. That means that he's looking at us going, I gave you all this. I expect more out of you than these other people that I didn't give as much to or that don't have as much. So, yes, it's wonderful to be thankful for what we have. But if we are not using it to the absolute extent of our ability, we're going to have some answers someday. And they're not going to be fun, folks. And I'm talking to myself here as much as anybody. If we have been given a lot, we have a responsibility to deliver a lot. Uh, Latin phrase my father has used off and on over the years with me, noblesse noblige, if that's how you pronounce it, nobility has responsibility, right? Meaning, translation here into the modern context, again, if you've been given a lot, folks, if you have a lot of intellect, if you're smart, if you're pretty, if you're fast, if you're strong, if you have money, if you have land, if you have whatever it is that you've been given by the grace of God, Absolutely, 100% have a responsibility, more responsibility than others to deliver on that. Just think about that a little bit. I went over. Sorry. I know y'all are used to that. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. Sure do enjoy talking to y'all, and we will talk to y'all again real soon.